0: Pass to Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. All right, everybody. Uh, This is another great episode of the Culture State Podcast. I am Chris Lee. That is my man, Dennis Jamel Cox, right over there, Um, you know, on my box shoulder, my right shoulder on on the box.
1: My left. That's fine.
0: Weird. It's weird for me because uh, it looks weird the other way. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, thank you guys for listening. We have a very special guest on. If you're an NC State basketball fan, uh, you definitely remember this guy. If you're a Carolina and Duke fan, you remember this guy because he was making threes. Ralston Turner uh, is going to be joining us uh, for sure. And uh, before we get there, though, we've been, we're have been we in a few weeks into uh, the college football season so mm-hmm. far, and I kind of like it so far. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a pretty good season even though we're technically in week two, but we've had three weeks of college football as we're recording this.
1: It's been fun. And the most fun part, App State did it again. App State did it again. Absolutely love it. I remember I've heard of App State, but the biggest thing that I remember growing up, 2007, the game of the Big House, where they upset Michigan. And they were an FCS score back at the time, 1AA. They weren't Mm -hmm. even at the FBS level. So they weren't even playing 1A football at the time. They were just playing 1AA, and they upset Michigan in the big house. I remember being in college watching highlights. My friends were like, yo, this team, Appalachian State or whatever. Uh, I was like, no, no, no. Uh, I was like, first of all, it's Appalachian State. Uh, like, we, I was like, I'm in Virginia. I was like, we should know this. It's Appalachian State. But, like, yo, like this no-name team just upset Michigan in the big house and it was a big big massive deal and app state has had its run of just being consistently very good football and special for for its level and everything but then dang it they did it again they went down to texas a and m number six in the country and they beat them and not mean the final score only says 17 14 but they beat them yeah like goodness
0: they beat it was
1: just it was awesome and the the fact that college game day is going to be out at boone once again
0: they, back they on, had like, back on the map. North Carolina as a state. They had time of possession forty-one minutes.
1: Oh, I'm not even gonna get in a box score. All right, At yeah,
0: Texas A&M Texas, had eighteen yeah. minutes.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's A&M. like,
0: like to me that that is like you doubled your opponent's time of possession in the game. Like that. That's crazy mm-hmm. to me when you think about it like that. And that's the only like box stat that I wanted to bring up because it's it showed how much they actually did. um you know really beat them up and kept their defense fresh in the process because you know you think about it texas a m for as bad as they were on offense you know they got they were close enough to be within striking distance because you know they definitely did have the better talent but when you talk about the better game plan the better coaching and uh the better execution of the game plan you definitely got to give it to appalachian state and they did they did a hell of a job I do want to say this for, for those who haven't listened to us yet on culture state Saturday, make sure you listen to it every Saturday, 10 mm. to noon on 99, nine, a fan or WREL sports Fan.com or WRL sports plus where you can watch it. Dennis, you were really down on this past week in college really uh, football. I really and was. I was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be a better week than what you think. I, uh, and I just have to say, tell me that I was not right when I said that.
1: Well, okay. I, I was anticipating for because week one was especially in this state was just off the charts great because you yeah, had the app UNC game the ECU uh, NC State game the Aggie Eagle Classic all taking place on one day and all those games were great. It was the and best ever. It was it was especially just if you look at just the state of North Carolina as a whole. It was the it best It was ever. flat out amazing. They, yeah. That's not even getting to a national scale. So I'm thinking like man, like, there's a come down from that. There really is. No, okay, you look at NC State playing Charleston Southern, like whatever. But UNC was on the road. But yeah, but then App pulls that upset. Then UNC was in a dogfight themselves, they pull out a win. So yeah, I mean it was a fun weekend. I it,
0: Duke. It was had not, a pretty fun game against it, Northwestern as well.
1: Oh yeah, I yes, Duke did Duke actually got a very good win. So yeah, but but overall, like I was thinking like, man, this this weekend is not gonna live up to week one. Now now week one is just that that's the bar. Um in terms of this state. But it was, yeah, <laughs> week two was still a pretty great weekend. And like we talked about, the App State win, once again, it's like, man, 15 years ago, almost to the day, App State did it again, being a the top five team or top 16 on the road. Um, yeah. It was, it's wild. And the fact that App is getting all this love, again, college game day is gonna be there. It's, it's, this is awesome for the state of North Carolina. The, the football collegiately has been great the first few weeks of the year in the state of North Carolina. For a state that's known for basketball, yep, football's been great.
0: Speaking of being known for basketball, something that was good for the state of North Carolina when Ralston Turner decided to transfer to NC State from LSU. We're talking to him about that, his journey, and why he sticks around Raleigh up next on the Culture State Podcast. Did you ever talk to Cam Hayes about LSU being that you went from LSU to NC State and he's going from LSU uh, NC State to LSU did you guys ever have a conversation about that
2: <laughs> No man it's funny that you asked that uh no I never talked to Cam Hayes ever about NC or, or LSU uh that was solely him you know that was the choice that he made uh but I will say this uh, when I saw that he was going to LSU, I thought, man, how funny is this? NC State to LSU. In the past, it was LSU to NC State. But, um, you know, one of the things that I know he's going to love being down there is the food. Uh, I, I can tell you this. There was never a hard time finding some good food down there. So, uh, Cam, I hope you enjoy the food down there as much as I did.
0: All right, well, what were those adjustments for you coming up to Raleigh from LSU then?
2: The weather. <laughs> uh louisiana was hot a lot and often uh then i got up here and all of a sudden the leaves are changing and it gets cooler (laughs) a little quicker and uh seasons (laughs) you get all the seasons you know so that part was the first thing that i noticed when i got here but you know just everything man i mean even outside of that you know just coming into nc state um it was new for me. Uh, I was just curious, you know, how it was going to be going to a new school because I had in my mind envisioned that I'd be at LSU for my entire time. Uh, but once I got there, to me, the, the biggest adjustment wasn't school. It wasn't, you know, the weather. It was basketball. You know, ACC basketball and SEC basketball, the style of plays were different. Uh, I was coming from a place where, uh, you know, we were a little more grinded out in the half court. And now I'm playing at NC State and we're getting up and down more. Uh, obviously the league was really strong. uh, So that was one of the things that intrigued me about it. And I loved that part about it, but, you know, I grew up in Alabama. I went to school at LSU, you know, two places that really love their football. And then I get to NC state and it's like, you know, all this support for the basketball team. And that was also different for me too, because, you know, I I had never seen people be so passionate about basketball. So uh, that's what really sticks out to me.
1: So I want to get into food a little bit later on. But what was the main reason why you decided to go from LSU to NC State? What brought you to Raleigh?
2: Well, it was a handful of things, right? It wasn't just one specific thing. But, uh, you know, the first thing was my coach left. Uh, So my coach left. um, You know, he was the guy that brought me in. He was the guy that I had a a great relationship with. And uh, to be honest, you know, the new coach, and we had kind of revisited this in the past when – uh, we played LSU and NCAA tournament, uh, but the new coach at the time was Johnny Jones. And Johnny had come in and um, we had met and we talked. And I went through workouts and I really liked him, but I just felt like my heart was telling me that I needed a change of scenery. Uh, so, Mark Godfrey was at NC State. Uh, I knew him because he used to be the coach at Alabama. And so, uh, I was looking for somewhere to go where, you know, where I could play meaningful games. You know, I wanted to play meaningful games, I wanted to go somewhere. Uh, where my, my chances of making the tournament were increased. And obviously, uh, being in the ACC, uh, that was also appealing to me too. So I uh, got ready to you know, make choices about where I was going to go to school, uh, came up here for a visit, you know, saw Mark Godfrey again. I was like, we, re- we just reconnected. Um, he had just gone to the Sweet 16, um, had all those guys coming back, had some McDonald's All-Americans coming in. Um, looking at, you know, how he used at the time Scott Wood because I knew I was going to be stepping into that that role. And so, you know, I, after the a visit, I was just like, okay, you know, I, I love everything about this. Uh, this seems like it's the place for me. You know, I felt good being in Raleigh. So uh, that's ultimately what led to my decision.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's very interesting. And it seems like I've never been to um... – Baton Rouge just simply just flying through. I don't know if you could really count that, but I've never actually had a chance to just uh, stay there and just, you know, and take in the, the differences as far as the culture. When you think about the, the cultural differences, and you, you spoke a little bit about it, where the basketball team is at the forefront uh, versus, you know, the football team, uh, how it was at LSU, uh, where there are certain, like, uh, cultural shocks for you uh, being in, in Raleigh and how different things were than where you were before
2: man to be honest uh the culture shock sort of happened when i got to lsu uh okay. so raleigh was more like where i was at at home right so i am from north alabama i'm in the north i'm from the northwest corner so we're close to tennessee you know the top of mississippi and so Raleigh was more like North Alabama than it was like Louisiana. Hmm. Uh, when I left home to go to Louisiana, that was a culture shock for me because, you know, obviously we talk about, you know, the types of people, you know, and, and you go down there and because the population so diverse, I mean, Creole, like that's, I first learned what Creole was, right? Hmm. You know, you got people, they look white, black, like they just look like normal person i'm like okay well, you're african-american No, i'm creole okay you're a caucasian person no i'm creole <laughs> i'm like okay well what is creole it's just like this mixture of everything uh so that was the first thing uh, obviously with the food and it being down there uh near in the gulf uh seafood is really big i'm starting to eat these new dishes boudin balls and you know, it's phase and the gumbos and and all the seafood that I could think of, man, it's making me hungry just thinking about it. But, um, you know, it's like their culture. I call it unique. You know, it was fun, but it, it's unique. And uh, it's, it's hard to find another place in America uh, that is like that.
1: How much do you miss the beignets?
2: Mm. I could go down and I could make you a list And just send you a list Of probably 10 things That I really do <laughs> Do it
0: Do it okay, So I got
1: my I got my first taste Of, of Cajun food I guess you could say uh, When I, I went down To the Final Four In New Orleans This past spring And so it was my first taste Of ever being down In that area And it was a culture shock For me uh, Did you have to adjust To all of the Cajun seasoning Literally everything Having Cajun seasoning
2: Well Every time I see something that's just blackened, blackened fish, mm-hmm. blackened whatever, I'm like, man, that's so Louisiana because it's it's just a, it's a thing there, man. And so yeah. I didn't have to get used to the seasoning, although uh, I did have to get used to the spice a little bit because it seems yeah. like everything has like this little kick to it, right? So yeah. you want to go eat you some, so. yeah, you want to go eat you some French fries and at the table, instead of them having... You know, like regular sea salt, they got like this Louisiana Cajun seasoning that you could throw on the fries. And I mean, it's so good, but it's got the kick to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh, then you get, you know, everything. It, it's got like this little kick, right? And so I think for me, uh, like coming from Alabama, we think of barbecues, you know, soul food Sundays. Down there is the crawfish bowl. You know, it's the seafood bowl. And so you got this pot with all this, you know, seafood in it. They got the corn and the potatoes in it. They mixed it with the spicy juice. And it's just it's just all coming out together. And it's like, man, like, I love this stuff. So, uh, you know, just a little bit. I had to adjust to some of the, the seasonings. But I mean, I like food. So as long as it ain't too hot, I'm good.
0: Well, let's talk about a little bit of basketball. For someone who didn't grow up in the North Carolina area, I'm sure that you've uh, you were you were familiar from afar with Duke, Carolina, uh, you know, NC State, Carolina, NC State, Duke, and everything in between. Um, when you had a chance to actually witness that as a player, you go into these atmospheres uh, with PNC Arena, and, and when you have uh, the big rivalry game, then you get a chance to go to. Uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium, also the Dean Smith Center. Like, what was that like in the adjustment for you seeing that up close?
2: So, a little bit I had to catch myself at times just, you know, I've always said when you play at these places, especially like these prestigious programs and historical programs, I mean, you can kind of psych yourself out before the game even starts just because you're like, ood and ah about everything else, right? And so – uh, that was one of the things that especially I think it helped my being a red shirt one year that I got to, like, take some of this stuff in uh, instead of just immediately walking into it. Now, obviously, you know, when the game would have started, I think I would have been just fine. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the South where basketball was secondary and, you know, I'm I'm a basketball guy. So I'm watching these uh, schools on TV. I'm watching, you know, Coach K. I'm watching Broy, I'm watching. You know, NC State, I'm watching Virginia. Like, I, I watched all this stuff. You know, I remember watching NC State and seeing Julius Hodge. Mm. And uh, I remember, I think it was 08, 09, 2010, one of them when Chandler Parsons hit the, you know, the half court shot or the three quarters court shot. So, like, I was very familiar. It's just actually stepping into it, you know, coming from where I came from. It's like, you know, this is what it's all about. You know, the atmosphere is on point, it's fun, it's loud, they're engaged. I mean, this is what you play basketball for. You know, I've always believed experience is everything. And uh, when you have people that are willing to come out and support you and be passionate about it, I mean, that's why you play, you know? Absolutely.
1: Outside of PNC, what was the most favorite place you played ACC-wise?
2: Oh, so I liked – I think Louisville had the nicest arena. Okay. Like, the arena was on point. The music was on point. Um, I, I really like playing at Louisville, and then second, it was probably <sighs> I like Notre Dame. I don't know what it was yeah. about the building, but it just seemed like every time I tried to shoot the ball, it just always felt like it was going in. Mm-hmm. Something about the I don't know, um, <laughs> but I just you really like, like defense those two
0: there gym. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, Mike Brady was getting those
2: guys to lock up, but uh, okay. <laughs> I, I just, I just think it's a, it was a depth perception thing. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but um I can definitely tell you places that I hated playing. So,
0: Oh, okay. We got to hear that. Then. Oh, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Go so on. I,
2: I, I, <laughs> I, did number one, hated playing at Syracuse. Mm. I just feel like there's no reason to ever be playing basketball in the dome. Yeah. Uh, Although they had a good team, the crowd was good. I just, I've never liked playing in domes. Uh, And then the other one was, um, it was just on the tip of my tongue. Um, Oh yeah. I did not like playing at Clemson. Did not like playing at Clemson. Interesting. And the reason I didn't like playing at Clemson was because at the time in the old little John Coliseum, man, our locker room was like two miles away from the floor. And so wow. we would be upstairs and we would have to all get on this elevator. We had to go downstairs and then we have to have like this 100 yard walk just to get through the tunnel, just to get on the court. Right. And so, um, wow, it, I don't know. It was just, I used to be saying, like, man, I'm tired already. Like, <laughs> just getting to the, just getting to the court. So
1: there's your warm up. Um, just, yeah. Just <laughs> all right. Ready to go,
0: guys. So, wonder if it was designed with, with that in mind, like, okay, we're going to take their will before they can even get to the court. It's crazy. I don't um, know, man. It's a good question. <laughs> um, and then also just being uh, in the ACC, um, I, I know that the SEC is definitely full of a lot of great uh, opponents, but uh, you mentioned the up-and-down style uh, of the ACC, and you did get a chance to kind of sit back and watch that for a little bit. Uh, do you think that that year sitting back uh, you know, with the transfer rule then – if it if let's say that what rule where we have now where you could just play immediately, if you played immediately, what do you think the difference would have been that w- which would have been your junior year on the court? do you think that you would have been more prepared or are you happy that you had that year off?
2: I think it's kind of twofold right so the first question is yes, I would have been prepared because I wouldn't have had to sit out so one of the things about sitting out is when you haven't played a game in a year like an actual real game there's a adjustment period there where you're trying to get used to everything so early on I mean when I stepped on the court you know after my redshirt year I mean I probably fouled out of like every game just because mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily used to playing I wasn't used to the style you know in the SEC we we're beating people up and then I get here and it's like quick whistle quick whistle uh so that was something that i had to adjust to but i think you know if i just would have stepped on the court uh that lag of of just trying to get adjusted to the year off wasn't there so uh, the only thing i would have really been getting adjusted to was a new team um and just trying to learn the system
1: how how much fun was it playing at nc state
2: it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we won a lot of games. Uh, I love all my teammates. I played with some really good guys. I played with some talented guys. Uh, but, I, but I loved my time at NC State. Um, you know, I had so much fun playing in PNC Arena. I think it's the best college basketball arena in the country. I know people try to give us stuff and say it's, you know, it's a hockey arena. It's ours. Uh, so say what you want to say about it. But <laughs> I had so much fun, played with some really good players. Uh, We had some good times, man, so I have nothing bad to say.
0: Uh, The Pack of Wolves NIL initiative, uh, I know you were a part of it, and and NIL is a big thing. So I guess this is going to be kind of like a double question. One, um, you know, can you imagine what it would have been like if you would have had, you know, the ability to take part in NIL? But secondly, like with your involvement with this, um, you know, what are your your personal goals and, and some of the group goals to try to help uh, create this atmosphere for folks to be able to come to NC State, but also have the access to be able to make uh, as much money as they as they can as they're still uh, playing college ball?
2: Sure. So immediately, I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, it seems like I got out of college, you know, just before or at the wrong time. Uh, I missed out on all this. But, you know, I think the so i think i would have greatly benefited from nil as, as a lot of us would have right i mean i can remember especially being a sophomore at lsu um, i'm walking around i'm seeing all these little 22 jerseys walking walking around all over the place and i mean that's 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 something right there right mm-hmm. um but also i'm just thinking of guys like i played with a guy named richard howell richard howell you know, had some merchandise with Beard Gang. It's called Beard Gang because he had this beard and it had like the silhouette of his beard. You can remember, like they had the silhouette of James Harden's beard. It was something Mm -hmm. similar to that. And I'm just looking at that and thinking to myself, like how much compensation could Richard have made off of the Beard Gang brand? Because it was popular, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so now fast forward a few years later, you know, I'm involved in the Pack of Wolves NIL deal. And really, my whole goal and objective is to just help them understand what else comes with NIL. So my day job is a financial advisor, right? I'm not, I'm not allowed to give tax advice, but there are some things about this NIL deal that you need to understand. For example, you do have to pay taxes on the money, and if it's a, a gift and not cash, you still owe taxes, you know, so you need to go speak to a tax professional, so they can help you navigate this, because when the IRS comes knocking on your door, I don't want anything to do with you, Uh, so it's just about education to me, you know, the pack of wolves, you know, they've got um, all these support systems where they're trying to help the guys get nil deals, and get deals, you know, that make our university attractive and help guys to put themselves in the best position to, you know, just really have a great experience. But I think there's the other side to it that's like, all right, now let's talk about what you really need to do uh, to make sure that you're set up for success. You know, we don't want anything coming back uh, to bite you. We don't want anything holding you back in the future. So, you know, really this is your first chance at being an entrepreneur. if if for better lack of term, you know, you're learning things right now that I didn't learn. You know, you're learning about the taxes. You're learning how to position yourself as a brand. You know, you're learning what it's like to mingle with other business owners and potentially even learn about these lessons that once you get out of college, they're going to be crucial. Right. Some of these same folks that you see every day are going to be some of the guys in the future that's going to give you your next opportunity. Uh, So across the board. I mean, I think NIL presents a lot of great opportunities.
1: All right. Real quick for people that may not fully understand what a collective is. And if, if you can explain what, not only what, just what the collective is, but how athletes at NC state take advantage of it. And how do they use it? Cause a lot of people think of a collective and it's like, Oh, there's just this pool of cash. That's just sitting here for athletes when they show up. And that's not really what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. So great question. Uh, so, A collective is basically a third party. Mm -hmm. So we're a third party and we're not associated with the university. So uh, a collective's job is to, it's twofold, right? So one way is to gain money or attract money uh, for the athletes to be compensated uh, for some kind of work, right? So it's not like as a donor, you give money and then you just pick an athlete and say, okay, like do nothing, but we're just going to hand you money. No, like there are some services that need to be rendered and agreed Mm -hmm. upon for you to get that pool of money, but we're also still raising money. So we have the ability, uh, to be able to compensate these guys for the work they do. And then the other side to it is fostering deals, right? So we would like to work with, uh, help brand and help, you know, uh, for better lack of term, help promote you Uh, to these businesses get you around business owners uh, to help you uh, get some of these deals so uh, my role in all of this is uh, on the advisory board Uh, so I'm more on the you know I give advice and perspectives from an athlete's point Uh, but the other wing to the collective is to try to set guys up for success and so um, it's not just you know hey give some money here and we just dump cash on their laps. It's like, you know, there are services rendered. There are contracts that have to be signed. You know, if you come here and for example, you sign these cards, you know, you will be compensated for that or you come on a podcast and you talk for 30 minutes, like then that is the service rendered and you can be compensated for that.
0: It's very interesting. Um, uh, Along with that, like, you know, you're, you're doing that work here in Raleigh. You're also, uh, doing, you know, things with the youth basketball in Raleigh. That's how we actually met, uh, in person. And, and then also, uh, just with your job, you see, you say you're a financial advisor, uh, but that's something where you can go anywhere. Why, why, why stick around in Raleigh? Why, what is it about the area that makes you want to be here and still be involved and still want to reach back, uh, to the community?
2: So interesting story. Um, when I came here on my visit, so this is, May of 2012, and I stepped off the plane in Raleigh and I was riding to the hotel. Uh, when I left Raleigh that weekend, I remember saying to my mom, like, I could do this. I can do Raleigh. You know, I'm, I'm fine with Raleigh. I, could, I think I could live in Raleigh. And so, you know, one of the good things about Raleigh is when people graduate from the universities, a lot of them it's a viable option to stay here because there are options outside of just school. You know, some college towns, you go to school, you graduate, you go elsewhere. It might be two hours down the road, but you go elsewhere. You know, you don't, you don't stay there, but the good thing about Raleigh is and all the opportunity here, it gives opportunities for graduates to stay here. So I thought that was really appealing. Secondly, I mean, again, We ain't even talking about the last 10 years. We can talk about the last five years, just the growth that I've seen within the city Mm. and just where it's going to go. I mean, so now we're talking about a city that's growing and that's vibrant. Uh, Obviously, my love for NC State, I wanted to be able to take advantage of the university and be able to go to events. I mean, I love going to the football games. I love going to the basketball games. I love supporting Wolfpack Athletics. Uh, So that was also appealing to me. And so... I, I, I just, you know, Raleigh has always been like that second home. It's always felt like home for me. So uh, when I had an opportunity to come back here, I mean, it, it wasn't hard at all.
1: Mm. Well, it's definitely a good place. That's for sure. It's a place that yeah, we, we
0: like it. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's
1: not as hot you know, as New Orleans or Louisiana as a whole. It's a little bit better in that regard. And we have barbecue. <laughs> barbecue. No, Chris is this the, part, is
0: this the part where you start talking about the, the food here, Dennis? Well, yeah. <laughs> the
1: food here is amazing. We talked a little bit about the food down there and the food here. Yeah, the food's amazing up here. Okay. All right. It's, it's just different. You know, it's, it's just different. That's all
0: it is. I just didn't know if you wanted to go in on it a little bit more. I know food is definitely a, a, a popular to- topic with them, for sure.
2: What? Well, on that note, guys. Uh, when I got here to North Carolina, I learned about Eastern and Western North Carolina ah, barbecue. So that is this something is that I learned I once notes. I got there. So <laughs> what, what side are you guys? Cause I'm going to just throw it out there. I am a Western barbecue. I like oh. the tomato base and all that. I don't, I'm not really on the vinegar train, but I've had it before. It's not terrible, but I'm a Western kind of guy. Okay. Western Lexington styles. What? Yeah.
1: For people who out there who may not know, Western also referred to as Lexington style. Uh, Chris is vegan, so he doesn't really uh, dabble into that. Uh, I would say I, I don't know. I may lean a little bit more towards Eastern style pulled pork, but yeah, I'm good with either. But that's one thing people say Carolina barbecue, and they're like, "Yeah, it's what two kind? different ones." What kind? As long as it's not that South Carolina crap, I'm good.
0: <laughs> I will say though that I mean, you know, there is, you know, vegan styles of of that. But as far as like the way to put it together, I don't really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. It's like whatever. So. But I just I just like the fact that there there are the different options though, for sure. So. Yeah. yeah. That's what we present
1: in North Carolina, options, options. As long as That's it's right.
0: not, there's like always an opposite side and and Dang. of course, Ross, you've seen that when it comes down to red and light blue so yeah. <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh just really quick but before we before we leave uh what is what is your uh take on the uh the nc state carolina rivalry and, and kind of how serious that was it, it, was it more serious than what you anticipated when you got here
2: yes <laughs> yes <laughs> uh you know people always ask me about it and I'd always said that, you know, it's it's really more so for the fans. Uh, the fans are what make that rivalry because, you know, they say we're not a rivalry, but they go crazy about everything that we do. <laughs> and we say y'all are a rivalry, but, you know, it's because that y'all think y'all are better than everyone else. And, you know, when, when we play each other, uh, it's always going to be some intensity around the game, right? And so – When I got here, I mean, I'm from Alabama, so I'm thinking Alabama Auburn. Like, you know, I know what intensity is like, but I had never experienced that from a basketball standpoint. Mm. And so then I get here, and I remember uh, the first time when we were redshirt, we played them at Raleigh, in Raleigh. Um, Game day was there, and the atmosphere was insane. And uh, I was like, really? So this is what this rivalry is about? I mean, hands down one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in in my life. And so uh, I learned quickly, you know, people joke about people in Alabama and like we always greet each other with Roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> I was literally thinking about being here. Well, what's the equivalent? And I said, okay, anytime you meet someone, especially, you know, in my experiences, I've met someone and they'd be like, hey, I want to introduce you to X, Y, Z. He's a Carolina guy. And I was like, "Well, why is it important for you to tell me he's a Carolina guy?" Mm-hmm. or they'll say, "Hey, this is such and such he's a state grad. Why is it important that you added that I was a state grad oh, in that sentence? but yeah, you know it, it has to be known, so <laughs>
0: there it is, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting I think uh we need to figure out a way to." like for us to sit next to you and maybe like Kenny Williams or something during a (laughs) uh, UNC game and just to see what type of trash talk has happened during that. Um, Thank you so much for, for
2: joining us. We really appreciate this. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you guys, man. Enjoyed it.
0: We want to thank Mr. Ralston Turner for joining us uh, here on the culture state podcast. It was great to have him Mm -hmm. and uh, showing, sharing his knowledge. Somebody that, like I said, I met at a community event, Um, and Raleigh speaking to kids and he was there, not just in a speaking capacity, he was there in a capacity where he was like one of the counselors. He was there all day with the kids being that example of, you know, this is what I was as a student athlete. This is what I do now as a financial advisor. I'm going to help you out with the basketball. I'm going to tell you what I went through in my life and different things like that and how I've also made myself successful in something other than basketball and showing you that you can also give back at the same time. So, yeah. congratulations to him uh, for for being such a great example for the kids as well.
1: I think it's great when athletes can show, hey, I competed at a very high level in my sport, but I also have the success off the field. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can have both. Yep and that that's a very important thing. You can't have both. You know, you don't have to have success as an athlete and off the field as a Division three athlete like myself. Like myself. That's what I was.
0: But even the, you, you're a good example of, of that because you've turned your, you know, what you were as a Division three athlete, and now you're surrounded by sports. You host radio, and you do play-by-play calls, yeah. uh, and it's all around sports now. So you've, you've made your lot living uh, on sports.
1: I, you know, I'm one of the very few people in our mid-30s who actually used one of my degrees that I actually got in, like, in communications. <laughs> hey, I'm still using it, folks. Yeah. Imagine that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't
1: use your degree in your profession. I know a lot of people in our age are like, I don't even use my degree, but I have one. It's like, well, I use
0: mine. I'm technically using my degree. So I have a communication studies degree. There you go. I'm in the communications business, but I'll I'll say that at UNCG, um, what I learned in the communication studies classes isn't necessarily being applied towards. Mm. You know, it's more about communication theory, you know, speech writing, persuasive speeches and stuff like that. I guess maybe I'm being persuasive when I write my columns on WRALsportsman.com, but that's a little bit of a stretch.
1: Hear this man speak on Culture State Saturdays, you will be persuaded. I promise you that. Unless you're me, I'm not persuaded at
0: all. Culture State Saturday is a fun time. And if you get a chance to listen every Saturday, 10 to noon, never know where we're going to be next. And uh, I'm looking forward to being back in studio with you, my guy.
1: Absolutely, man. We we need to have like a full home game. That's what we need to have. Make sure you follow us at Chris Lee TV, at the fan rookie on Twitter, Instagram, also at Culture State Pod on both those platforms as well. Also check out the video. Not only from this podcast, but we post clips from our live radio show on YouTube as well. So make sure you check out 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page. We have a special Culture State playlist channel thing inside that. So it's all the videos you want to go check out, all previous episodes, any clips, fun stuff with us, uh, Chris Bean, Chris Breezy. Whatever you want to do, you can check those things out on YouTube as well.
0: Hey, yeah. We'll see you next time. Culture State.
1: The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan
2: App.